Hey guys, it's your girl Ari Hart. And Dorian Black. Yeah, so we're back with another episode for you guys. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, we want to remind you guys to enter our giveaway um, for the two tickets to the Amanda's Smart, Black, Smart, Funny, and Black show in D.C. It closed on May 24th, so you still have some time. So enter, enter, enter. This is us giving back to our supporters for helping us reach 1K streams. So today's topic, um, we're a little late. Um, teacher <laughs> appreciation week was the other week, but we had some scheduling things where we had to switch things around. So we just want to kind of make this episode about student teacher relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is an important conversation for all people, whether you're a teacher, whether you're currently a student, whether you have kids or not, because at some point we have been the student, mm-hmm. um, whether middle school, high school, college. Mm -hmm. And um, so our first, like, I guess we wanted to talk about, like, you know, a positive environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the key to any child learning. Like, you can't really learn in chaos, I feel. Yeah. So. And I think, like, especially now, since they're, like, cramming all of these students into one classroom Mm -hmm. because, you know, the shortage of teachers. But it's just, like, how are people supposed to, you know, learn? And then, you know, you have some people who are, like, but the problem children, you know, instead of taking them out and putting them in an environment where they're Mm -hmm. able to decompress and get their self together you put them in a room full of other students now they're disrupting other students so now you have a room full of rowdy children Uh and I think sometimes we like people are like oh it's the teacher job like I send my child to school and it's your responsibility to take care of them yes Mm-hmm. All do it is the teacher's responsibility to handle this child. But if your child is out of control, and I'm calling you for assistance, like it's only so much I can do. I can't put my hands on a child. I can't discipline a child only so much. So it's just like we have to. Me as the parent and you as the teacher, we have to figure something out where we can put this child in a positive setting, so that way they're not disrupting disrupting other students, and that mm-hmm. way they're able to get their education experience as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, It is a shortage of teachers, like, nationally. Um, Like, I was talking to my coworker yesterday, and she said, like, there's some schools in Arizona who are, like, willing to, like, pay people to move to Arizona to be teachers because it's just, like, we don't have anyone. And I think it says a lot. I think Mm -hmm. America needs to ask themselves, why is there a shortage? Mm -hmm. I think, one, you have a shortage because um, teachers don't get really get paid like properly in most school districts mm-hmm. and then also um I think the environment's like not holding like families accountable and stuff like that and then you know teaching is an emotional job it's not just like coming and doing your lesson plan it's mm-hmm. a lot involved with it so right. um when you look at like not having enough teachers in the classroom it's not going to be a positive environment because mm-hmm. you don't have consistency and stability in the classroom Mm -hmm. you are being taught by a sub they're just there to fill the role or you have teachers in and out because teachers might be quitting Mm -hmm. because either they can't handle those kids or they're not filling the school or school district that they're in so i think administrations i think just nationally people need to understand like understand like you if you want quality teachers in the classroom and you want a positive environment for Mm -hmm. your students like you need to fit the price needs to fit the job. Right. And not only that, when you think about, like, the teacher situation, you have to think, like, this is one person dealing with multiple personalities from multiple different backgrounds. So it's just, like, 
Yes, as a teacher, you do have to be stronghold and understand this is the circumcision of the job. But still, at the end of the day, like we have to understand that if we have this amount of students being disruptive and disrespectful, and now you other students think it's okay, like it's hard. Mm-hmm. And if I was a teacher, it it's, I would be like, I don't know if I can handle this because it's a lot. It's a lot to handle with. And, yeah. you know, the turnover rate for teachers, you know, it's kind of high when you think about all of the stuff they do have to put up. You have to do with the administration, the the proper education that the children are receiving or not receiving, and then you have to do with the students on their own. So it's a lot. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of elements because as a teacher, you take a lot of work home, Mm -hmm. you know, with grading and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, you form connections with students and then you have to like deal with like what they're going through personally and like their moves throughout the day. You do have a class of 25 plus students. So you have to, try to make sure they're all on task and learning and it is a lot and I think you know while that they have that saying people who can't do teach teaching is a very hard thing to do that's really something to do like Mm -hmm. you know I'm literally influencing hundreds of kids when you think about it because depending on what school you are in how big it is you're literally teaching hundreds of kids a day and then if you're in the profession for years, you've touched like thousands of kids and possibly left a mark on those people, whether it was in a good way or a bad way. Right. And I and I don't think that teaching is for people who don't have tough skin. If you're sensitive, if you know, you get overwhelmed, I would not recommend teaching for you. It's just not made for people like that. It's made mm-hmm. for people who don't take things personally, who can brush things off. Um and you definitely have to have a level of, lack of a better term, bitchiness, mm-hmm. because that's what certain groups of kids respond to. And then once they get to know you, you can soften that up. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of the school year, you got to go in with the Miss Trenchbull type uh, stance. Mm-hmm. So. so how do you keep it like a positive environment in the classroom setting for all of the students? Like, positive comes from, like, you know, um, like, speaking, like, uh, success into the students. So, like, mm-hmm. saying, oh, like, thank you for, like, you know, constantly telling the kids, like, oh, I know this is hard, but we're going to make it through this. Or, you know, like, you're very smart. Mm-hmm. It might be challenging. Also, being, like, real with the kids about your different struggles. Like, I'm like, you know, I struggled mm-hmm. in this when I was in school, or I still don't know. Or even in a moment, like... I don't know this either, y'all. We learn this particular thing right now together. Um, just being positive in that aspect. Um, and also not always making things super tense. Like, you know, I get it. We're in school. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's okay to, like, let your kids have a period where they might want to be talking about something that's important to them. Like, mm-hmm. it's been plenty of times where, like, maybe something happened in media or kids have gone through something and they just want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily get them my lesson that day, but they were able to like have that space and then they they like that and they appreciate you more as a teacher because like oh this teacher yeah they're teaching me but they definitely care about like what I feel and stuff like that and I think some people are just very like we're here to learn shut up you know what I mean like now one of my when it comes to like a classroom setting and positive settings I always think of like mass shooters because schools are like one of the main targets like how do you like do you guys practice those type of like uh, drills and stuff. Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we we practice like a lockdown and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't practice them often. Um, 
I feel as though you really, you know, not for anybody to take this away, but I feel like most of those type of incidents happen in predominantly white schools. Mm-hmm. And I teach at a predominantly black school. So, I mean, I, while we still practice the drill, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as big a concern for our school. Like, they never really seem to ever think that that would be anything that happens I mean, in our building. I feel like... I used to think that too, but then I remember when in uh, what was it, Churchton, North Carolina, when they shot up the black church. I just mm. think at this point anybody's a target. Like even when I get on the train, I'm like anybody can come. Oh over yeah, as far as like, like a random person coming into the school, yeah, yeah. That's but what as I'm far as like our one of our students doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have that fear, but as far as like a stranger on the street, yeah, yeah we definitely still practice for that mm-hmm. particular reason because you you don't know anybody could walk in, and we are downtown, so right anybody can walk in. So why do you think it's more like a a white thing? Um, Be- I think mm-hmm. it's more of a white thing because they push the narrative that white kids aren't bad and like mm-hmm. they can't possibly ever do anything. And then a lot of black schools have metal detectors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to bring that type of thing to school knowing that you are going to get stopped at the door. Right. Even though my school doesn't have that, but, Mm -hmm. and they don't have it because they don't want kids feeling like it's a prison. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the reasons it's just like, you kind of like glorify white students and white people in general, making Mm -hmm. them think like, oh, y'all can do no harm. Right. And, uh, and, um, like when you look at like mental illnesses and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like big, like. Like, no matter what background, there's mental illness. But mm-hmm. I feel like, um, like, in white people, you definitely do see, like, a higher rate of, like, mental illnesses. And that's connected to a lot of, like, the people doing, you know, X, Y, like, you know, shooting up schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, um, or kids having, like, racial, you know, prejudices. And I'm saying that other groups of people can't have prejudice, but, mm-hmm. or be prejudiced. But I don't, I just feel like you kind of society has taught us to turn our eyes to white kids because they're like the standard right so they know that if i want to shoot up a school i could because they don't expect me to do that right right and the narrative even though all like i've never seen a black kid shoot up a school i've never heard Mm -hmm. it in the news but like all the real famous school shootings they were all white kids Mm -hmm. and even with that you still for some reason have the narrative that white people don't do that those type of things like it's only everybody else besides them right when it comes to like you know this time in you know the united states where mass shooting is such a thing and schools are like a major target you know they're trying to get you know bills passed where teachers are allowed to have weapons and me i don't think that makes the environment any safe if anything i think it's going to intensify the -hmm. situation because not only especially you know with teachers who deal with african-american students you know they're they have their ways so it's just like now you have this white teacher who now has a weapon anything is liable because look what happens when we have our children in the streets with the Mm -hmm. cops Mm -hmm. you know they're not even protected by them so now you have a teacher who has this weapon in a classroom full of african-american students and anything is possible like i would be so devastated if i send my child to school where they're supposed to be safe and something happens not only that say if another student gets hold of this weapon Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's really like, true. Like, it's just... Yeah, I don't agree I don't think it. that's a good idea. Instead of pushing, you know, the laws to have stricter, you know, gun control, you guys are putting more guns out there. Right. Especially in a cl- in a classroom setting, that d- just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then you also have some teachers who aren't stable either. Like, 
You know, it might not necessarily be a child that tries to do something, but it could be a teacher that is fed up or mm-hmm. wants to see something happen. So I just think you should, like, also take that into consideration. And, like, right. that just doesn't add at all to... Um, and I, I remember back when this first came out, like, the whole guns in the classroom thing. And it was mm-hmm. a meme of, like, somebody with their hand on the gun on their hip. And they were just like, I said, turn the page. <laughs> such and such. And I was like, that. It was, it was a funny It was meme. funny, but it's just like. like but that's you know what I mean? Like, real stuff. Like, if you can't handle a kid, you might think, oh, I'm about to pull this gun out because they need to listen to exactly. me. Exactly. So, it might not even be, I'm here to protect you. Now, you're homework pull it out like it might be something like that so okay. right so you have to think about all those type of things it might sound silly but that's a real thing yeah i feel and i just i don't know this legislation and the way the things are being ran right now i'm just so disappointed and i wish we would come together and realize that mm-hmm. guns aren't always the answer especially when it comes to safety of children so yeah Unfortunately, but we're gonna make it into my segment of the show, Matters of the Heart. Hey guys, it's your girl Ari for my segment of the show, Matters of the Heart. So, um, this segment of the show, I give you guys like a movie, TV show, or book. Um, so I think it's very fitting to talk about Freedom Writers, um, which was a movie about a white teacher who came into like an urban school setting. And she really, like, invested in her students. She, like, spent her own money. She really cared about their education and, like, helping them better themselves. Um, She even, like, you know, she put her all into it. Um, While I thought that was a good movie, I think that people have unrealistic expectations about the heights a teacher can sometimes go. Um, I've had people, like, try to compare, like, real-life teachers to, like, that character. And I'm just, like... You know, there are teachers who are very dedicated but might not necessarily have money to, like, spend on students or are able to, like, go against the grain in certain ways because you do have to be realistic, like, when it comes to, like, possibly losing your job or, you know, the safety of kids. Um, Not saying that they're having... I know a teacher personally who put her job on the line to, like, help her students put their voice out there and she did get fired, but she's in a new school now teaching so I feel like in some cases you do see teachers like that but I think let's we have to be more realistic like that is a movie like you know what I mean so like not that there's teachers that aren't out here who are like trying to like you know put the best foot forward for their students and investing you can invest a lot in your students in different ways and I think you know it's about the relationships you build. And I also don't really care for that movie on the whole, like, white savior thing. Because it could have been a black, Latino, Muslim teacher, anybody that saved the kids from the hood. It didn't have to be white girl. So, that's my only thing, too, about that movie. Um, because I think we sometimes look down on the fact that most kids prefer teachers of color, actually. Um, it's, uh, like, it's been, like, research that kids prefer teachers that look like them. So, you know, I would like to see a movie come out that kind of addresses, like, a teacher of color saving the day. But this was your girl Ari with Matters of the Heart, and we're going to hop right back into our discussion. All right, guys. So, now we kind of want to get into the conversation of, like, home life versus school life when Mm -hmm. it comes to students and like how much do they intertwine how much do does one affect the other Mm -hmm. so me personally since I am a teacher I do see it like hands-on like um you know kids definitely be showing off like 
you know you don't act like that at home with your mm-hmm. mom person and acting buck wild and stuff like that. And I get it. Like, you know, when you're young, you're going to show off when you're not around your parents. But I feel like some kids, they just be taking it to the next level. Like, you know, you would not be talking like this if your mom or your dad. Right. Um, and then you do have some kids who would talk like that in front of their parents. So they really don't give a fuck about how they talk to you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think... I think it's just that little bit of freedom. Because you know your parents, they're going to head their foot to your neck. Like, get yourself together. Don't embarrass me. So, when you're in school, it's just like, oh, I'm a wild out. I'm going to do what I want to do. I think what gets me is when they be like, oh, I'm going to call your mom. And they be like, call her. Right. And I just be like. But they be saying that, that when you actually call and they get in trouble. You actually called. Yeah, you told me to. Exactly. You said call her, so I'm calling her. Or, oh my goodness, my friend, he was the teacher. Uh-huh. And he deals with, like, the trouble kids. So, mm-hmm. he, one situation, uh, this girl, she was acting out. And it was like, we're going to call her. Uh, they normally call her mom because her mom is, like, so guardian of her. And they call her dad instead. But she's, like, really afraid of her dad. Mm-hmm. So, they call her dad. And her dad's like, you got them calling, calling me and I'm coming up here. And he smacked the girl. In front of the teachers. Mm. And like, they had to get escort him out. And they was like, well, why the fuck? Well, he was like, why the fuck would y'all call me up here if for her being bad and then be mad when I discipline them? I feel like if there are strict certain guidelines, like, don't call this parent, call this parent, follow it. Because that's our prime example. But was that a strict guideline? I think it was. I think the mom preferred them to call her. But that's not a strict guideline. That's just like... But if I'm saying... I prefer you to call me instead of her father, and then something like that happens. Like if there's if there's a reason why they're telling you not to call her father, and then like something like that happens, it's like I mean it's one thing for you to tell me like you cannot call this mm-hmm. person because then we shouldn't even have that number. You shouldn't have supplied it to us, like, right? Versus like oh I prefer you to call me first, but like preferring means to me like I would like this, but if it has to be something else, kind of that's what the word prefer. Yeah, I mean, makes me but feel like like I prefer. Chocolate men, but I ain't going to discriminate against dark. I mean, uh, ice skimming. But with like, this situation, like I think there was like we prefer you to call him. Like, please, like don't call him at all. Like this is in case of emergency. So I don't even think they called the mom first. I think they was like, well, we know she's scared of her dad, so let's try to call him because she's really wilding out. Okay. And then it's just like now this situation has arisen. and it's like, then I tell y'all not to call him. I don't know. I think we would really have to know the details of, like, mm-hmm. the mom saying it. Because if that's really the case, in my opinion, the mom shouldn't have never supplied his phone number. Mm-hmm. If you really don't want him to be contacted as far right. as her schooling is concerned. So, that's a little iffy. Because if your name is on or your number's on the contact sheet, I'm not going to not call. Like, mm-hmm. because it wouldn't make sense. Right. Like, I've had a parent say to me, like... I Like, the dad shouldn't just be the only person getting called. I've had a parent say that. Like, mm-hmm. like I should be getting calls, too. So something like that, I could get it because mm-hmm. we have both of your numbers, but why are you only calling on one parent? Right. I, I want to be in tune, too, so I got that. But mm-hmm. that one, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, why would you give the number then if you didn't want them to ever contact her father? Mm-hmm. I guess, like, you want... I don't know the situation, but right. I can only know what he told me. But I guess, like, you know, you still want, you know, the other parent to be involved. But if you know, like, they're that hostile towards the child... Yeah, then I, mean, I wouldn't give that, that number either. That might be his discipline style, even though I don't think... But in that's front of dad, other people, yeah. like, that's harsh. And yeah. then to smack the child in their face, like, come on now. Yeah. I don't Maybe care how bad... Yeah, like, I don't care yeah. how bad the child is. Like, I would never put my hands on my child, especially in their face. Yeah. Like, that's, that's harsh. And then, 
to be upset, like, oh, why the fuck would y'all call me up here? Y'all already, like, oh, sir, you're a problem. Like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard stories. I've never actually witnessed any of my students' parents, like, hitting them. Mm-hmm. But I've heard of, like, kids' parents, like, really wilding out on them. I mean, so, I yeah. think it's one thing you can... And this is another thing I don't kind of agree with. Ooh, I'll keep, like, hitting my hand. But embarrassing the child. Like, oh, I'm about to embarrass you. Like, you ever see when people do, what like... what you're taking in. Yeah, like, you ever see when... Like, the kids are doing bad, and they try to record them beating the child. Like, I don't think that should ever be, like, a tactic for you to discipline your child. And then it'd be excessive when I see it. It's just not like... Yeah, I think... Like I said, I think it depends on Mm -hmm. what type you're... Like, what you're trying to do. Like, if you try to, like, the ones where, like, shaving the kids' heads, like, I think that's a bit much. Yeah. But, like, coming up to the school, like, I've had kids' parents follow them the whole day around. No, that's something, yeah. Like, like that, I think it's fine. But... Like, like it has to, like, let's measure it's all levels. the severity yeah. of what you're about to be embarrassing the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have taken my own hand in embarrassing some students. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I've called somebody's parent in the middle class. I mean, I didn't have the mom on speaker or nothing, but I said, oh, such and such, your mom's on the phone right here. And then she talked to him. And then mm-hmm. that was the end of that. Because sometimes kids do need to be embarrassed a little bit. To, like, understand, like, you got the right one. Yeah. At least women's heart. You got the right one. Like, calm it down. All right, let's relax. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn. You got to show them that they can't get away with everything. You can't get away with everything. If you try to, like, do it discreetly, they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. I'll just yeah. do it when you're not looking. But now, I'm in your face, like, don't do that shit. Right. Um, so, I mean, and it's just so important to have the child have a healthy lifestyle at home so that way it carries on into... Like, I would think if you teach your child manners, then they should be able to carry that over into everyday life. And That's I not think, necessarily true because there's plenty of kids that have, like, really good parents who, like, you... Like, I know their mom don't play that, mm-hmm. but they still be acting a fool, so... And I think that just comes with, like, if you tell the parent, like, oh, my ch- your child is acting up mm-hmm. and they come in and straighten them out, you're nine times out of ten not going to have that problem out of that child again. It depends. It really depends on the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, every situation is so unique. Mm-hmm. You would think it would be something simple. Sometimes it is like that. Like, oh, I haven't had problems with that kid. No more if that's up to a parent. But mm-hmm. it's very unique depending on the kid and also... How much the parent is around, like a lot. If your parent works a lot, they can be the best parent they want to be. Mm-hmm. And as far as like teaching you morals and how to act, but like if they're not around, you know, kids just kids are not dumb. They know what they can and cannot do and move right. with. And so, at what point do you tell the child where you notice the child isn't understanding or not correcting their attitudes? What do you do with them? That's when I call the dean. So like we have deans at our school. But if the dean, like if the parent can't control the child, what's the difference between the parent and the dean? Like the dean is at least the in school. Like I can't control what you do outside of here, mm-hmm. but in here you're not gonna be in my room and you're not gonna be getting on my nerves. So right. I'm gonna call the dean. And the thing about it is too, like I'm not a teacher that calls the dean very often. So when I do, kids know that I'm obviously not playing, mm-hmm. and like they're gonna get in trouble because. You know, the deans at the school, I mean, they take all things seriously, mm-hmm. but teachers who always call them, they're not as on top to, like, always necessarily handle those problems. They're like, you always call them. Like, you can never handle these kids versus a teacher 
who calls them once a month like me, if that. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, Ms. Hart is obviously really calling for a reason because she never calls. So this kid must be like out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And then the kid will get suspended and they can't come back until the parent brings them back and they have to have a parent meeting. And I mean, and that will just keep happening until you get a hold of your kid because now you're going to be inconvenienced because you have to keep bringing the kid up here to, to reinstate them to school. So eventually you're going to have to get with them because you're like, I can't keep missing work to come take you up to the school. So... Okay, so, like, your whole thing is, like, even if you have parents who teach their kids, you know, to behave, and you have parents who correct the child and the still, child still misbehave, like, what is the actions, even though the parent is still missing work and the child is still misbehaving? Because, like you said, the they know what action. they can, they know what they can and can't get away with. Those are the only actions you can take, like, mm-hmm. calling a dean. Now, you could also try, like, having one-on-one conversations with a student, like, depending on your relationship with them. Or even if you don't really have a relationship with them, still like saying, hey, look, you do X, Y, and Z. I need you to chill out. Mm -hmm. But we can't really do but so much if parents or things are not transferring over at school. We can only do what we can do in the building. So, I mean, I don't ever have any really crazy discipline problems. But when Mm -hmm. I do, like, I just say, can you go out in the hallway Mm -hmm. or call the dean or I'll have personal conversations mm-hmm. with kids. Or I'll check them right there. Like, I'm not afraid to check them. So. And I think that's my whole argument in a sense. I think if the parent is prevalent, like, even like you said, you could be the best parent and you mm-hmm. just not have the time. But, you know, as a parent, you still have to make time because. You do. Look at your child. Now they're to the point where they're in school where they just do whatever they want. And it's like, yeah, they're one way with you, but in school, they're another way. And it's just got to be like, when you keep getting these same calls, at this point, you got to take action and be like, okay, what is going on? Because my child's not like this when they're at home. So why is there, why are they like this when they're at school? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, there's no way like, you know, you should be constantly calling the parent or the child is constantly in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, as the parent, you have to be prevalent and see like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening but you do and it, but like realistically not every parent is like that like and that's, some people just don't care right they, like i don't care how they act in or right and i'm you not know I mean? you know you know that's not you know all the time but i'm just saying as parents mm-hmm. you should you it, should yeah you should yeah. like you you know not to say that it should like people do it all the time but they should because look now you got this badass kid and now all the kids is like what the fuck is wrong with him and now you got to put this you know situation on the teacher and they're like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to handle the student yeah we do have some kids where the parents don't even know how to handle them so and at that point they need to take it to like another level just like my child obviously need help if i can't control them yeah so yeah and that's something that they would have to do like and i think People don't realize, like, teachers and stuff only have the so much power, like, mm-hmm. for the kids' behavior or, like, who they are. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And we can only do but so much, like, you know, and that's where it goes back to, like, relationships with your students, like, building those relationships so that mm-hmm. when things happen, you can have those conversations uh, with them. And when you have certain relationships with students, you can check them in certain ways, Um because y'all have that bond. Like, I mm-hmm. could get smart with some kids and, like, you know, you know, tell them certain things about themselves because that's the relationship that I have built with mm-hmm. them. But not every... And that's another thing. If you're not a person that is able to build a relationship, you're going to struggle as right. a teacher. So, mm-hmm. like, you should be able to name at least five kids that you're super close with as mm-hmm. a teacher, like, who you have a good relationship with. If you can't do that, then... Especially by... 
the middle of the school year, you doing something real wrong. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, so. It's hard. And I think this comes from, like, I was listening to D.L. Hughley, and one of, Mm -hmm. you know, their topics they were talking about, because, you know, with, you know, students having, like, children being molested, and, you know, especially at school, and, you know, sex with the teachers, and then you have the R. Kelly situation, Mm -hmm. and one of it was, who's the blame? Is it the parents to blame because they're not active and they're not aware? And, you know, someone brought up the statement, like, if I'm sending my child to school, like, they should have a safe environment. But it's also my job to make sure I know what's going on in my child's life. Exactly. Like, you sh- shouldn't just send your child to school and be like, all right, no, right. school for eight hours. I don't know what's going on. Like, I think as a parent, you should be like, okay, my child's at school. Maybe I'll send a teacher a, you know, an email every three months to see how they're progressing, or maybe I'll talk to the teacher or get that one-on-one interaction with your child. Like, mm-hmm. even though I remember my mom asking me when I was growing up, how was school today? And I'd be like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's like a whatever question. But, you know, in reality, she's just checking up on me and see how I'm right. doing, like, what's going on? Like, how school treating you? Is there any complications? You know, when you just have an eight-hour day of school, you're like, Mom, I don't know what I had, like, what I learned. Right. But it's just like, as a parent, you're just trying to evaluate your child. Like, I need to know what's going on. Make sure you're safe and make sure everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, like, I get it. You know, when you work as a parent, it is hard to do stuff. Like, mm-hmm. my mom, she doesn't work, so, like, she's able to be very active and like, my brother being in school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even when she, I was in school and she was working, she was active. I think it's just the parent, too, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, yep. We all got to do better out here. Parents, teachers. Yeah. Students. Know. Yeah, students yeah, as like, well. You know, be... Young and, adults. Yeah, you have to... And, you know... Not even the little people, but, you know, the high schoolers and the middle schoolers. Because you ask them what they did, they tell you 120 things. They're going to let you know, like, yeah, and then Stephanie didn't let me play with her. So then I had to come over here. So That's very true. (laughs) They tell you everything. But the adolescents, you definitely got to keep a close eye on them just to make sure they're safe. So make sure their home environment is stable. Make sure their school life is stable. So that way they'll be able to be successful. So, but we're going to take it into my segment. Say Say what? what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, it's Dorian Blake. And this is Say What, where I basically say quotes and sayings pertaining to the topic of discussion. So let's get into it. It is the supreme art of the teacher to awaken joy and the creative expression of knowledge, Albert Einstein. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I chose this quote for this week because I think it's so important that the job of a teacher is to express their art and, you know, to encourage students to be the best person they can be. You know, these are the people your child spent eight hours a day, like majority of their day, most of their lives with. And it's, these people, we put our children in their hands to, in spite their creativity, in spite who their inspiration, who they want to be, and give them the push they need so that way they can go on and be great leaders. And I think, you know, most of our influencers are teachers, so we always want the best. And, you know, when we see that our child has a great teacher inspiring them, we just want them to continue that. And we want the next teacher to obtain those sta- the same status so that way our children can be great, even when it's up to us as well to inspire our children to be great. But, you know, we we want we appreciate our teachers for, you know, holding down that job and 
just creating a great atmosphere for our children. So I'm Dorian Black and this was Say What? So for our last segment, our wildcard segment, we are going to do current events. Mm -hmm. So the current event that a lot of people have been talking about, um, and I think it just fits this so perfectly, is the mom who went up to her daughter's school and was confronting the bullies, like made an announcement in front of the class, like, you know, don't mess with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'll fight your aunties, your cousins, mm -hmm. your mom, anybody over 18. Like, don't talk about my daughter. Don't post nothing about her. And actually, last week, I made... We do, like, a warm-up in my class. So, like, the first five minutes of class, they do a warm-up. So, the warm-up, I put, like, I typed out, like, what the lady said and stuff. And the kids were like, Miss Her, did you make this up? <laughs> and I showed them the video of... um the mom doing this and we discussed like if she was right or wrong and a lot of the kids were like some of the kids were like well I don't there's like I don't think she should have been talking to the kids like that like you know she should have handled it more like an adult and then some kids like no like you know you don't know what steps she took prior to right. her being in front of them kids like she might have already tried to you know talk yeah to the school and some kids like oh yeah I would do the same thing if that was my kid like you're not gonna bully my kid and they were just like, because you know, a lot of kids have been killing themselves over yeah. bullying. And I was like, oh, my kids are like really insightful. Like they really are understanding mm -hmm. the levels of it. And me personally, I didn't think the mom was wrong for it. I don't think she was talking to them while she said one curse word. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't really saying it at them. That she was just saying like, your aunties can get fucked up. I don't think she was wrong. And like, I don't know the steps that she took prior like, she probably already did try to talk to principals and teachers. So, at this rate, now I'm going to talk directly to you. Mm -hmm. Because if something happens to my child, it's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many kids, young kids at that middle school, killing themselves over being bullied. So, when you're a parent, your first thought is, like, my child's life and their safety. I'm mm -hmm. not really going to be worrying about if I'm hurting somebody's feelings right. about what I'm about to say. Yeah. I mean, I think... To mom was right. Uh, no, if I was another parent, I probably would have been like, "Oh hell no!" Now I'm coming up there. But right. the mom was right. Like, like you said, you don't know the prior steps to, you know, what she did because she probably went to the teacher first, then went to administrative's, and nothing is being resolved. My child is still coming home to this problem. So now I'm going to the source directly. Right. I asked y'all, and I think it's about time because kids think. You know, oh, I could pick on this person because they're small. Who's going to do something while well, I'm the parent and I'm going to do something? Right. And like she said, you can get your parents involved and I can, and I can, like your mom said last week. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell your parent that your child is a bully and it's something you're doing wrong because I shouldn't have to be dealing with this. This should have been resolved right. weeks ago, prior ago, at home with your child because there's no reason why we're going through the situation now. So. Exactly. The mom wasn't wrong. And I commend her because... Like, like, it's so many students out here killing themselves who are getting hurt because of bullies. And it's just like, it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And that's a mom who's prevalent in her child's life at home and at school. Right. And that's the result you get. Like, I'm going to take action and make sure my child is safe. Yeah. And y'all can get the fuck up out of here. And you go call your mom, your auntie, your cousin. I don't care because we can handle this how we professionally yeah, that's what she or said. unprofessionally. She's like, since you guys are boys and she's a girl, mm -hmm. I will fight y'all aunts, y'all cousins. Like, she said, I give out ass whoopings. Like, don't play with my kid. Right. Um, and I think, hopefully, it don't have to go further than that. Like, take my message, tell your parents, and just leave it alone. Don't say nothing else to my child because mm -hmm. you're doing too much. Yeah. Um, and I think people, parents that have bullied kids, like, 
where your kid is a bully, you need to, like, get with them. Like, there's no way you don't know your kid is bullying people. Like, you can tell by their attitude and maybe if you overhear a conversation with their friends, like, what kind of stuff your child is getting into. Mm-hmm. So. And when it comes to bullies, I think it's either the parent isn't prevalent enough in their life to understand what's going on with them and mm-hmm. to understand that they have these bad traits or the parent is enabling them. Mm. And yeah, some parents needs definitely to, do. Yeah, yeah, they enable the child, and the child think they can do whatever they want at home, and then bring it over into school. school. No, you're dealing with different people. As a teacher, I'm not your mother. I'm not going to enable you. It's either you you get it done, or you be disciplined. Right. As for students, I'm not your mom. I am not going to take. I'm not going to tolerate your bad habits, and you're not going to reflect them onto me. Period. City girl. Okay, free JT. Yes. Um, but before we even end this, you know, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But my girl Megan's album is mm-hmm. Out Fever. <laughs> it's what a hot think project. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like almost every single song on there. Like, she did a good job. Mm-hmm. They're bangers. It's definitely a stallion summer. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Um, it's a good, it's a good It's a good job. It's a good project. Mm-hmm. Congrats, girl. It sounds good. I support you. Bring your ass to Philly more often. I just excited. Yeah. yeah. I think it was really good. I like the the cover art. I like the theme yes. of it. The Pam Greer vibes. It was giving me like that 70 uh black exploitation right. movie theme. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I see you making a stallion. Then she had like a little uh ranch party that I thought was kind of cute. That was very yeah. cute. Like, She's okay. a cutie pie. Yes. And I love her because she's so rough in her music. But, like, when she talk regular, she just, like, so well-spoken. And she just seems like a very nice girl. Like, you know what I mean? So, I I think she deserves all of this. And the project was really good. Like, sometimes I'm nervous on people that I, like, come out with projects. I'm like, damn, I hope I really like it. Because I already like their other stuff. And I will say, like, I liked a lot of the songs off of there. So, I will be playing it on repeat. Because it's a stallion summer. Okay. Hot girl shit. Yes. And I saw this post on Twitter that was like, a stallion is 5'7 or above. Not every hot girl is a stallion, but every girl can be a hot girl. And I was like, that's fair, I guess. I, I guess that's fair. I mean, the stallion, they get their name from being big and tall. So, yeah. I mean, you can't be a shrimp talking about, I'm a stallion. Right. You a pony. <laughs> but you, you a hot girl, though. You can still be a hot girl. You can still be a hot girl. You're just yeah. not a stallion. You're just not it's a stallion. It is levels. It's levels. So. Know your place. Yes. So, with that being said, guys, we're going to end um, this episode right here. Mm-hmm. So, make sure you follow me and Dorian on all of our platforms at EGAT Pod. Mm-hmm. Follow me at Heartcatcher and Dorian at Dorian Black. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, enter the giveaway. All right. And we love you guys very much. And stay beautiful. Peace.